And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. The podcast is hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan. Now, Gain, Grow, and Retain is built to inspire SaaS and technology leaders who are facing the day-to-day challenges of scaling. Hosts Jeff and Jay share conversations about growing and scaling subscription businesses with a customer-first approach. If any of these topics sound interesting to you, you're gonna like the podcast. Creating more brand advocates, SaaS as a predominant model for business, customer success at scale, or the challenges of integrating new tools with CSM. Some of these topics pique your interest. You're going to love the podcast. You're going to love Gain, Grow, Retain. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast. Remember, Gain, Grow, Retain on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Today, my guest is Candice Barr. Candice is a multimedia mogul, a female entrepreneur advocate. She is the founder and CEO of Lux Enterprise, which includes Lux Media, Lux Media Studios, Lux Life Magazine, Lux Life Cosmetics, Lux Wear, and the Lux Life Podcast that she hosts. She is the sole owner of Lux Media Studios. This is the first, uh, the world's first luxury multimedia studio on Rodeo Drive, as well as the first fully female-owned media station in the U.S. So she's built an empire around media, around her brand, around the products she sells. So we spoke about her background, how she built out this Lux Enterprise empire. Uh, we spoke about why she decided to create uh, this media empire, some of the entrepreneur lessons that she's experienced over her career, some of the things that she loves to speak about, including media, female entrepreneurship, empowerment, um, things that are really great to just discuss and highlight, and how she has managed to become so successful in what she's doing for other women entrepreneurs, and how other women and female entrepreneurs can lift themselves up uh, through some of the learnings and teachings that, that Candace has executed on. So let's jump right into it. This is Candace Barr, the founder and CEO of Lux Enterprise. Sure. So I came, I have come from a family of entrepreneurs, or I guess at the time you call them small business owners, because I don't think the word entrepreneur existed at that time. So my great grandparents, my grandparents, my parents were all small business owners or entrepreneurs, whatever word you want to use. So I was pretty much conditioned to be an entrepreneur. So um, I never wanted to go to college. I didn't go to college. And the last two years of high school, actually, I homeschooled myself. 
um, so I could graduate earlier and move out earlier and do my own thing faster. So I got my own apartment around 17 and I had two jobs. I had a full-time job and a part-time job on the weekends. And I kind of just always had that fire and passion inside of me just to, I don't really know at the time I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I always wanted to do my own thing. Um, and I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, growing up, like I said, I was in my parents, you know, different businesses, ringing people up cash, you know, the cashier, like when I was around eight, seven, eight, you know, pricing things, selling things. Um, and I'm not sure if my parents or my grandparents knew that that was like conditioning is kind of just helping out, you know, helping the family out and doing what you need to do to get it done. Um, but I'm glad that that happened that way because we are where we are today because of that conditioning. Did you ever, as you said, you home, that's very impressive, by the way. So you actually homeschooled. Did you ever take a, a quote unquote job outside of working for your parents before you started your own thing? Or was it just like, I can only ever work for myself? So yeah, I did. I absolutely had jobs. I begged my father at 14, begged him, begged him for six months to let me get a job. I just could not wait to be an adult. <laughs> and for six months, he would not allow me to get a job. Then he finally let me get a job. So my first job ever outside of any of the family businesses was at a pizza place. And I was so excited to make my own money and to do my own thing. Um, I didn't last there very long because I've never been good at being told what to do. But uh, I did do that. And so after that, I think my next job was in sales, shoe sales, which I attribute my extreme shoe issue to um, <laughs> nowadays, but as in shoe sales. And I remember taking that job because my father told me, he's like, you'd be great at sales. Sales is a great skill. Once you know how to sell one thing, you can sell anything. So I took a sales job and I was there for Smart a man. little while. Yeah. I was there for a little while. I was there for about two years. Again, I was really young at the time. I think I got that job at 17. Um, made pretty good money at the time, actually. And then at that's the same time I moved out and got my own apartment. Um, and then I was in sales for a really long time, various different products, various different things. Um, but I think having us, like, I do agree with him even now, even having sales as in, you know, in your kind of resume is never a bad thing. You'll never not be able to sell once you can sell something. I a hundred percent agree. I think that's probably one of the most, uh, undervalued entrepreneurial traits. Um, so after selling, what was the point in your life when you thought I want to go build something. I am not only making money and I'm good at it, but I'm crazy enough to try and figure out how to do my own thing. <laughs> so when was so, that? So it was interesting. So my first ex-husband, um, when we started dating, I was 20 when I met him. Um, we had owned a bunch of different, you know, the, remember those kiosks in the middle of the mall? Yeah. So we owned a <laughs> bunch of those, um, a ton of those in different malls throughout New England. And so I was kind of thrown into it. I, you know, I learned managing skills. I learned, you know, of course, training skill, training our employees, training in sales, um, purchasing wholesale, setting things up, tearing them down, f hiring, firing. I learned everything. So we did that for a couple of years. Um, and again, very young. Looking back, I, I can't believe we did all that. Working you 14, 20? 20 years old. Wow. Working 14, 16 hour days um, for months on end, and no matter what, it really, at the time, I hated it more than I could possibly explain. But I'm glad I did that because 
you know, nobody can ever outwork me. No one can ever hustle me because I, I did that at such a young age and it's really ingrained in you. So at the time I hated it and I was so mad at him, but now I'm so grateful for it. So was that was that like a JV, like a joint venture with with the ex-husband? That's that was obviously a thing of the past. There's no there's no uh, spinoff from that into what you're doing now. So that was just the first phase of entrepreneurship. Totally. Right? Yes. Okay, okay, like, cool. you know, doing, you know, owning it, you know, putting your own money toward it. We never got loans. We just we hmm. put our own money in it. Um, just having that re- extreme responsibility on yourself and being responsible for other people and their livelihoods. That was really interesting. So that was kind of the first taste of that. Okay. So then after, after that, you've conditioned yourself mentally to deal with the stresses of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, where does, where does the, uh, where does Lux come from? So Lux came from, I still have a show. I have two shows now, but my first show was Lux life with Candace Barr. And that was with another company for a while. And, um, I was with them for, I think about four or five years. And then I had a show with, uh, Robert Kiyosaki actually. And that show, yeah, that show was the whole jumping off point for Lux Media Studios, which we're sitting in today. Um, I wanted to be able to have something that if something was my issue or fault. I wanted to be able to fix it. Um, I wanted to have, you know, more control over content, not only for my show for, but for others, we have other shows with Lux Media now. Um, I wanted to have a really professional product because your podcast is a product. Um, I wanted a bunch of different things that I just wasn't seeing in the entertainment, um, studio world. And I want something lovely to walk into and to work in, um, most of our hosts that can, that have shows with us now, can come and hang out and just, you know, be around the vibes all day, even if they're not doing a show. So there was a lot of things I wanted to see in a studio with podcasts that I wasn't seeing that I needed to create. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Athletic Greens. Now, I'm super happy that I partnered with Athletic Greens because I literally use them every single day. Now, I've known about Athletic Greens for a little bit only because I tried them about two years ago, way before uh, they decided to sponsor the show. And I noticed that in winters, when I didn't take Athletic Greens, I would get sick as a dog. When I did take Athletic Greens, uh, I wouldn't get sick at all. So it turns out that when you take one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're taking and absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So this is incredible for your immune system. And the special blend of uh, all of these ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging. So I take it one scoop every single morning. It's lifestyle friendly, meaning whether or not you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it's gonna fit that diet, which is important for me because sometimes I like to go a little bit low carb. If you're already taking a multivitamin, this can completely replace that. It's important to choose a high-quality vitamin with ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Athletic Greens definitely takes care of that. And it's way cheaper than actually getting all the different vitamins, supplements, ingredients if you're going to buy them separately. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash success. That's right. That's a special URL they put together just for Success Story podcast listeners. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash success to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And and just to back it up a little bit, so 
your first your first version of entrepreneurship was just podcasting. It was just building a. It was a podcast that you did with a company. Then you yeah. did a podcast with Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. How did you also? How did you land that? What was what was that relationship? Because Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, if people don't know, like that's a big name for somebody. I guess you co-hosted or you were producing. No, he was on. He was on my show. So oh, he's had, on your show. Yeah, okay, we've had you. a lot story. of. Okay. We have a lot of. We've had a lot of pretty big names over the years on Lux gotcha. Life, um, and the, that shows about entrepreneurship as well. And yeah. um, he, you know, with everything, you just have to be tenacious, and you have to keep following up, following up, following up, and eventually yeah. you'll get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, no, that's, I love it. <laughs> I love it. You're you're 100 on point. Just thinking how I started my show, and and you know, I'd probably say some of the same things like with some of the early guests that I got that I thought were really really great guests, right? You yeah. Just have to, you have to put yourself out. There. Sometimes, okay. sometimes you know, you can really surprise yourself. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you can. You totally mm-hmm. can. Okay, so you got Robert Kiyosaki on your show, um, and you you built the show, obviously built the audience, and so the first version of of Lux was not the 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 you know the couple products that you have now it was podcast media studio um and also can i i just want to understand why did you want to start a podcast what was because the personal branding content creation uh going back a few years it isn't as prevalent as it is now not everybody has a podcast five years ago or 10 years ago compared to almost everybody having their own yeah show I, i'd say now your podcast is now the new version of your business card nobody has business cards anymore but everybody has a podcast yeah, um or, or a book your book is a business card now. Um, so it actually went in this in this order. It went Lux Life with Candice Bar podcast. Then it went to Lux Life magazine, which we still have, which we only highlight uh, female entrepreneurs. Um, then it went to Lux Life Cosmetics. Then it went to Lux Wear, which we have a jumpsuit line for female entrepreneurs. Then it went to the um, Lux Media Studios. God. Okay, understood. Understood. And and how do you how do you think of where you want to take the business next? And I want to ask that because many people could have just built a huge podcast or mm. a huge cosmetics line or a mm. great magazine. Each one of those is its own business. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I am highly creative, and so I look at business as being just one big creation. It's just being creative and having a vision and. Um, putting action toward your vision. And so most of the time, I always say, I don't think anyone knows what they're doing with anything. I don't care who they are or what level they're at. I think it's one big test run. And I'd rather try it than not try it. Um, And then, you know, with entrepreneurship, you kind of, you know, you create something and you course correct and you shift and you, you make it work. And so that's kind of my stance and what I've, what, how I've been throughout any, any business or anything that my, our hands are on. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I deal with things. And how have you made sure that some of these things that you've taken on as you've grown Lux as a brand, mm-hmm. how have they been successful? Because I know a lot of people that also do try and they are creative and they take on new things, but then it's like the shiny object syndrome and they never mm-hmm. know what to focus on. And then everything just fizzles out. Mm. Well, you have to have a business side. So it's the it's the same kind of thing as, you know, most artists that I know, not all of them, but most artists that I know, like painters and things like that, they're really great at creating the art, but they're really terrible at the business side. So I've been fortunate to, again, like I said, in the beginning, I was kind of conditioned to have this business side. So I am able to um, marry them both together, the artistic creative side and the business side. So I do have both. Um, and that's kind of, that is why we've been successful. Okay, good. So I'm okay. So there's, there's 
entrepreneurial lessons that I want to I want to unpack from this story. But first, let's let's keep going down this this road, this path. So for Lux, so what is what is the concept of Lux? Obviously, I'm assuming luxury. So walk me through the brand, what it stands for. How, mm. You mentioned a little bit how you differentiate, um, but let's let's dive into the brand a little bit because I'm sure there's a story there as well. So I have always been a quality person over quantity. I, I don't want, you know, 45 shows, example, with the studio. I only want about 15 or 20. And that is to be able to, we, I mean, we have a fabulous team. It's not just me. We have a great team. Everyone knows their role. Everyone does a great job of what they do. And so I want to keep the quality example in the podcast um, over having a bunch of shows and just kind of, you know, punching those all out. And it just, it looks like a crap show. So we have a really great team that makes sure the product, whatever the product is that Lux name is on it is done well. Um, it's always been quality over quantity for me. So, you know, I wanted, I wanted things to look good. I wanted them to be of quality. Um, it's like this example of why would you buy a Birkin bag and not, you know, a guest purse, both of them are purses. Both of them carry your wallet and your sunglasses and your cell phone. You know, why would you get a Rolls Royce over a Toyota? It's like the the um, detail of it. Detail is huge to me. Uh, when someone comes in the studio, for example, we already have their snacks, their water, their food specifically that they requested for them here already. Uh, the receptionist is great. They know We know who's coming in. It's really high touch. And I think uh, what we've been going through in 2020 and now, I think standards have, from what I've been seeing, have lowered. And I believe it's our job to raise standards again, especially in media. Interesting. And and what do you what do you mean by by lowered standards? I don't disagree with you, but I want to paint a picture for content creators, for people that are creating media. Even right now, mm. we're doing virtual. When how great would it be to be sitting across from you in a studio and creating mm -hmm. like that higher quality content? Mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we get that quality back? I guess it's the standards of the person and what they're expecting. You know, I think that what's the saying, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if your mm -hmm. standards aren't high or your bar is not high, no one can convince, no one can really convince you it should be higher. It's, I would say it's more of an internal kind of deal. And how have you seen that um, that mindset of only producing top tier quality goods impact your business? Um, it really, you know, media, as you may or may not know, um, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess who depends who you're talking to. When things go awry in the world, media usually does better, um, especially with what we were in, kind of the, the quarantine kind of deal. People weren't able to leave their houses or do different things that they normally would do. And so that's where media really stepped in and was a plus because if you did your podcast or your show well, um, depending on what platforms you're on and how it, you know, how it's produced, then your business really wouldn't have to suffer, doesn't have to suffer. I mean, that's kind of where the business mind comes into play. Okay. So as, okay. So as you've grown, as you've grown Lux, focus on quality over quantity. Um, and this is something that you've taken into all your other ventures as well. So what is, let's, let's talk about just like currently what Lux is. And then I also want to unpack, uh, like maybe just a few more things that you're passionate about. Cause I know that, 
Uh, obviously, there's some great entrepreneurial lessons. Um, we can talk about uh, women and entrepreneurship uh, because I know that a lot of the things that you've built out really empower women, which is incredible as well. Um, and some of the things that I think that we could do better or, or you know, the average business could do better to help and empower women. Mm. Um, and then and then let's, uh, I also just want to help people that are listening to this potentially pick pick one venture that you've been successful at and like outline some like very tangible takeaways if they want to, for example, because you have experience in so many things, like how to build out a how to build out a great podcast, how to build out a great D to C or uh, a clothing brand. If you want to get it off the ground, what would be some of the steps they would take? We can sort of teach some people like what they would actually do based on the fact that you've launched like six or seven different businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Lux, what is it today? Uh, can you clarify the question? Oh, so like the the conglomerate of brands. So what has Lux grown into over over the years? So you said there is um, there's podcasts, there's mm-hmm. uh, cosmetics, magazine. Mm-hmm. How do these all tie in together? And also list them out so that I have an understanding of, of everything because I think I I'm just looking at the website. Yeah, so it's all under the Lux Enterprise name. So it's a kind of for me in my mind, it just it's different branches of Lux Enterprise. So. It's the studio. It's the podcast. We also we're starting to do music shortly. People can come record their music and their albums here. Uh, we do events in the studio. Uh, we have the Lux Wear jumpsuit line. We have the cosmetic line. We have the magazine. Um, that's just for now. We're probably going to create more stuff. So, um, and so how does it all tie in together? Was a question. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's all the same thing. Um, it's just again, like I said, it's just all creative. It's just it's. It was all created actually out of a need for me. And then I created for, for other people. Sorry. That's really where it came from. So I wear a lot of jumpsuits and I wear jumpsuits because it's convenient for me. I can go on a plane, get off, go to a meeting, um, go to a dinner. And then if I need to pass out in it, I created something that, and it's like they're custom made jumpsuits. Everything's custom. Everything's high touch. Everything's made of quality. So that was came out of a need, need for me. The makeup line was created because I wanted to do a less than two minute face. Cause I'm typically doing my makeup in the car on the way here before I do the interview. Um, so I needed something quick, easy, fast, and really great quality makeup. So that's where that came from. Um, the studio came out of a need cause I wanted better quality podcasts for people and myself. So it really came out of a need for myself. And then hopefully, you know, think, thankfully, uh, other people saw the need as well. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, ExpressVPN. Now, I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't I just go incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you delete your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. And it doesn't matter who your internet service provider is, ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. So what is ExpressVPN? Well, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. When I'm using ExpressVPN, I can't even tell that it's on. It runs seamlessly in the background and it is so easy to use. All you have to do is tap a button and you're protected. And what's great is it's available on all your devices. So your phone, your computer, even your smart TV. There's really no excuse for you not to be using it. So protect your online activity today 
with the VPN that was rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash success story, and you can get three months free with a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash success story, expressvpn.com slash success story to learn more. Um, I think that's I think that's really, really smart, and that's a good takeaway for people that are listening. Uh, to be a successful entrepreneur, sometimes you don't have to reinvent Facebook. You're just looking for a problem that you're experiencing in your own life, and you're building a solution for that. Mm. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the things that are, are very important to you. So one topic um, that comes up quite often with Lux is, is female entrepreneurship, um, women's empowerment. So what are, what are some of the items that you've experienced or blockers that you've experienced in your own career that you're trying to help fix or help make people aware of? Mm, good question. So yeah, female entrepreneurship is huge on my heart. It always has been. Um, I would say a lot of my success um, are from female, other female entrepreneurs coming up in the years. Um, I haven't had investors yet, but we've had, we've been approached and the investors have been female. Um, they, so, you know, as you may or may not know, uh, even in the entrepreneurial space, you know, if you name the top 10, you know, influential, most influential entrepreneurs, they're all men. Um, mm -hmm. There's a ton of female yeah. entrepreneurs that have a lot of value that are really great, equally as great. And they're not showcased the way that the guys are. And this is not a man hating thing. We love the men and we have no problem with men. But I do feel because I'm in the media space, because we do have the platform, it is my job to help the females, you know, move forward faster because we can. And that's really and that's what I want to do. Do you feel like um, do you feel like there are communities or or. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to say it, like not incubators, potentially incubators that are set up to uh, to make women feel more comfortable into jumping into entrepreneurship? Or is that something that you don't see a lot of? Does that make sense? Like, are these are these support groups? Or is it just that once you've already reached the pinnacle of success, that's when people start approaching you? Are there support groups that people should go look to, to get started from the ground up that are maybe not, you know, like a tech focused incubator that is mm. predominantly, you know, just guys coming out of uh, West Coast schools and that's maybe not an environment where somebody, a woman feels safe jumping into. Mm. Maybe some do, but maybe some don't. So just like a, almost like a like-minded community of women that are focused on tech, startups, entrepreneurship that you'd recommend people go check out? You know, it's a good question. I always said, you know, I've networked a lot throughout my life, which I'm sure you have as well. And so for me, because um, luxury and kind of having a higher brand was always the forefront of my mind, even in the beginning. So I always knew I want, who I wanted my clientele to be, even in the beginning. Um, and I think that's important. And to answer your question, for males and females, my suggestion would be um, – Make, if you're going to go to networking groups or incubators or whatever word you want to use, um, make sure you're going into groups where it's more higher end, where the ticket to get in is a bit, a bit more. Um, that's where you're going to find more thought leaders. That's where you're going to find um, people who, who can afford your services and maybe help you a little bit more than if it's a free event or a less expensive event. You know, if I always say if it's free, it's not for me. Um, you can't pump a dry well. And when it's a bit more expensive or a bit more pricey, it's usually worth it more because of the quality of people that are in the room. Okay. 
Okay, so a little bit of a little bit of pay to play, not necessarily. So some people may look for communities that support them, but realistically, you're just looking for a higher caliber of community overall, regardless of of what the the makeup is. Just jump right into. It. And for somebody who is jumping into entrepreneurship, um, what would be some of the recommendations, women or or men? What would mm-hmm. be some of the recommendations that you've had after building this business and and other businesses? that they think about as they dive in? Is it something where they jump in 100% day one? Is it something where they potentially started as a side hustle and then, you know, hedge the risk and maybe not cut off their salary right away? Mm. How would you suggest somebody start? You know, it's a tough question to answer because someone's situation is not somebody else's situation. So I was able to jump right in because I do not have children. Um, I do, you know, I do have employees. I'm responsible for their livelihood now, but I didn't have, um, you know, the extra mouths to feed. So I can't speak on someone who does have children. And that is a huge risk for not only the person, but their family now. Um, I can speak for myself and for myself, I did jump in because that's my personality. I've always been pretty bold. I've always been, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it no matter what. I'm going to make it. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make it. That's always been my personality. So I guess it's also a personality thing as well. Um, I always tell everyone, I'm like, you know, if you're going to do it fast or slow, at least you're doing it. So you, but no matter how you do it, do, do something because you, you can't, you got to be happy in life. And if you're miserable being an employee or miserable where you're at, you have to go find your happiness, whatever that looks like. And little steps are better than no steps. Very smart. Okay. So, um, one thing that I wanted to also pull out from you because you work with a variety of different businesses. And I want to I want to teach over a little bit to people that are listening uh, some best practices. And I would love to understand, for example, first, in media and podcasting, you've built out a studio now, you most likely know what good looks like, because you have all these incredible shows that are running out of your out of your studio. So if somebody wants to start a show, if somebody wants to start a podcast, what would be the recommendation to just get their first episode out? What type mm. of content? Mm. What how, how do they brand it? Is it something that people should take on or is the market saturated? All these question marks that a potentially, you know, new podcaster would have. So it's a good question. I do not think the market is saturated. And I, I'll tell you why. Like the re- a huge part of Lux Media Studios is, you know, the the way that we pick our hosts. We don't just have whoever, whoever wants to come on as a host. We actually do filter a lot of people because I, again, more interested in quality over quantity. There's so much crap out there right now. There's so many people, in my opinion, that shouldn't be having podcasts. There's so much information out, especially right now, um, that I believe if you have, if you're someone who is this uh, expert in your fields, or if you're someone who wants more exposure and has something to say something of value then you should have a show and for the question about the first show which we do with all the first first hosts first hosts that we have because all of our hosts are brand new hosts you know you just got to do it anything new is going to be scary and then after you do it over and over and over again then becomes second nature we have we've had a host or two on with us that the first show they were they had to have they had to have a couple of drinks before doing their first show <laughs> i'm like do whatever you need to do to get it done and then now cuz they've been with us for a couple of years now it's second nature it's really nothing they couldn't even believe in the beginning they were nervous but again with anything new it is a little nerve-wracking but you just got to shut up and do it 
And, and what is valuable content in a podcast? Someone who has different ideas. I mean, we've heard this, we've, we were hearing the same ideas over and over again. So a different idea, a different perspective, whether we, some people agree with it or not. You can't be scared of people agreeing with you or not agreeing with you. Um, you have to, there has to be some sort of boldness, even scary boldness. There has to be some sort of boldness. And, you know, and it could be anything like, you know, moms that talking about mom stuff that people don't typically hear about. Um, entrepreneurs that I mean, there's a million entrepreneur shows, but they're all different views and different um, thoughts. And so I think that if it's a value, and I can't tell you what value is to me or to someone else, but it's what different. I think. Yes, it's a different lens. It's okay. always a different lens. But what I find valuable is I love different ideas. Again, whether I agree with it or not, I'm someone who's able to not agree with you and respect your different ideas. I, I love things like that. Um, we have a show, for example, he's a drag queen and he is a Republican. He, he talks about hmm. he talks about both things. I think that's fascinating. I don't always agree with him, but I think it's fascinating. What do you look for in a host? Someone who there is a passion, even if it's, a, again, a quiet passion, a scared passion, there's a passion. Um, usually our, most of our show hosts have a brand already. They have a business already and they're, they look at their podcast as part of their brand. It's just one more branch of the brand, just like having a book. Um, and they kind of deal with their podcast as they would any business. And so someone who's been in their business for a little while who knows what they're talking about. I want someone, not just every show has a theme. It's not all over the place. Um, every, every individual show, we know kind of the topic of what we'll be talking about that day. So someone who has a clear vision of what they like to see, it's always going to be changing and transforming as your show goes on, but the idea or the path kind of has to stay the same. And do you find that shows that resonate are more educational or entertainment? Or a mix of both. Mix of both. Mix of both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm, now I'm, I'm just gonna take notes now for. Yeah. For me. <laughs> no, that's very good. Um, and as you build out, as you build out these multiple brands that aren't just the podcast, do you leverage your individual brands to sort of cross pollinate audiences? And if so, how do you do that? Yeah, so we have uh, we already have built in audience just from again having my show Lux Life for so many years, and then some of the shows the hosts that we brought on they already brought a following with them. So we have quite the built in audience already, and so different shows will of course attract a different audience, different age ranges, di different locations in the world because um, you know they're international. I Lux Media we are associated with about 27 different platforms so when someone starts a show with us they're launched on all 27 platforms immediately so they start out with a pretty big audience immediately instead of, instead of having to build their podcast and hoping someone listens they're guaranteed people are listening and for for somebody okay so and somebody who would potentially want to work with you it's an it's a brand play is there a revenue stream for the podcasters as well that they can tap into from joining a network like Lux Media? There can be. I mean, there's a couple um, options if they decide to do so. So a lot of the, the hosts have a lot of creative control um, with their podcasts, like their name, their intro music. We put together all the back stuff. I mean, there's a lot that we do for them, but they have a lot of creative control. And if they decide to take a hold of um you know, creating another source of income for themselves through their podcast, they're, they're welcome to.
Okay, so this is, and this would be, this would probably for a for an independent creative, this would probably give them access to, obviously, you know, you have a large network day one. This would probably be attractive for advertisers. I'm assuming, um, is that something that I, I don't want to put words in your mouth? I'm just I'm just assuming like if you have this huge network already, then you can bring in advertisers that could do sponsor spots. So if there is a creative that wants Absolutely. to monetize, Absolutely, okay. when that's one of okay. the ways you could do it. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Um, and the other, the other brands like Underlux Media outside of the podcasting, how do you leverage those to support one another? So do you, for example, uh, cross promote in the magazine, the podcast, uh, TV shows, you know, magazine, so on and so forth? So in the magazine, we do advertise all of the shows. So once someone has a contract with Lux Media, they're advertised on pretty much whatever our hand is on, they're advertised are on there as well. Um, for example, next month, we're having our Women of Achievement Awards. We have that every year. Men do attend, um, but we only have female speakers coming in. And all the people that have that are hosts with us um, are able to attend. Actually, two of the hosts um, are speaking at that event. So it does absolutely cross-pollinate, to answer your question. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, you may have heard me speak about leveling up in the past, how we can level up our careers, our businesses, our customer experience. I wanted to take a minute and focus on that last one because when we level up our customers' experiences, we transform our customers into evangelists and help our business and our careers grow like crazy. With new features dedicated to helping your sales teams improve your customer experience, HubSpot is on a mission to help millions of companies grow better starting with yours. Conversation intelligence tools help your teams get real-time insights into calls with automatic recording, transcription, and call analysis. With more visibility into customer conversations, coaching, and customer feedback becomes that much easier. Easy share meeting links let customers see availability and book meetings for you all from the HubSpot platform. This cuts out endless cycles of scheduling email. Learn more about how you can transform your customer experience with a HubSpot CRM platform at HubSpot.com. Okay, amazing, amazing. That makes sense. Um, now I just want to, I want to pull out a couple uh, entrepreneurial insights. And I know we sort of spoke on those at the beginning, but I've, I've listened to a few other shows that you've been on. And you speak about uh, a few things. You speak about how you've learned how to hire the right team, how you've learned how to sort of get out of your own way and get out of your own head. Mm -hmm. And also one thing that I thought was very interesting that you spoke on was, I think it was with one of your, your mentors and uh, he was stating how uh, if you want to do, if you keep doing everything yourself, when you're an early stage entrepreneur, uh, you end up getting nothing done. So let's just going through this. Um, you mentioned that uh, you had hired staff, and that's when your business started to blow up, if I'm not mistaken. So you'd you'd and, and walk me through that process in your life when you're trying to build your business and why it's so important to hire versus do everything yourself and how you sort of took that next step. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. I like that you did your homework. That's nice. <laughs> I try <laughs> a little bit. Uh, um, it's I love talking about this because we can, no matter how amazing we are, no matter how much we feel like we're superwoman or superman, we cannot do it alone. Uh, you know, the owner is typically the visionary, and that's the person who I call. I you know get divine downloads is what I call them. That's the creative side. Um, you're you're able to be good at a lot of things, but you're not good at everything. That's for sure. So hiring out is 
essential for us. And like most things that we do, like, you know, like I said, quality over quantity for me, I always envisioned having the teams, I call them small, but mighty. We don't have a huge team. I think we have a team of eight or eight or nine now, but everyone's really great at what they do. Tons of experience, whatever, whatever, um, they're doing so our magazine person has you know 25 years experience i mean just really amazing what they do they have a passion for the company they have a passion for lux media they're interested in being a part of lux media they're um it's you know we try to create a fun environment fun you know we work hard we play hard um i give a lot of incentives they're they know i think really well that we appreciate them so much we are actually doing a team um what was it team like weekend retreat in a couple months um just to and it's not even team building it's really just to go relax have fun and have a good time with each other um so the team is huge and getting people on board with your vision and having them excited about what they're doing and what's coming and what's going on that's huge you can't teach excitement they either are excited about what they're doing or they're not and if they're not they're not for you how do you how do you get that? How do you get them excited? Because that's everybody. Every I think I don't think there's anybody in the world that would disagree that having an excited team that's working for your business is not a an, a, the thing that you have to you have to have. Well, but here's how do you I'm get gonna, somebody excited? So here's the thing. You I don't know if you can get them excited, but I think that you can absolutely make sure that they know that they are valuable to everything that they they do is valuable to you and the company. Um, especially if the team is smaller, like every action they do, does you do see it and, it, it, you know, it, it it's appreciated. Um, I don't think that everyone, of course, everybody wants an excited team, but some people hire because the person's quote unquote good at what they do, but they could have no people skills. They could have no skills meshing well with the other team members. Um, so it's kind of, I guess, case by case scenario for me it's a lot of energy. Like you can feel their energy when they come in. Like they're so happy to be here. They're happy to work that day. They're excited about the the work they've done. Um, they go above and beyond with things that didn't, I didn't even ask for. And they take initiative to do it themselves. They're, you know, you, I don't know if you can teach excitement. You either no, are, you're just, not. <laughs> um, so, so walk me through some of the, cause I think, I think hiring the right people is the, one of the things that can make or make or break a business totally. um, early on. So walk me through some of the maybe wins and maybe some misses that you've experienced when you were growing out your team, because that was probably a very pivotal point when you had your business, like, quote unquote, blow up in a really good way. Mm. It was finding the right people. Mm. I will say when I when I started hiring and even when I hire now, I look for people with an entrepreneurial spirit, because to be quite honest, you know, I love to have people forever, but that's probably not the reality. And I like people with an entrepreneurial spirit, something that they can come here, um, learn again, be excited with what we're doing, you know, mesh well with the other team members, just have great energy while they're here. But I don't expect to have them forever. And if we're talking about being an entrepreneur and where they're always in the entrepreneurial space with us, they're going to, you know, little birdie is going to go fly and you have to know that that's going to be happening. <laughs> so you can't take things personally when people leave or decide to leave because you, you know, hopefully you, you train them well enough and you inspire them to be, go on their own journey and be an entrepreneur. I have had, I have made, to go back to your question, I have made um, employee, you know, hiring quote unquote mistakes before, but I look at those as learning experiences. I don't really believe in mistakes. Um, and that just kind of made me clarify more within myself what I'm looking for with the next hire. 
Um, but someone with a good personality, someone with like, you want to be around their energy. Um, and they, you want them to have experience in what they're doing and want, and people who are open to learning and taking on responsibility for, for their quote unquote mistakes, course correcting themselves and moving forward. Have you had, have you had a uh, better experience hiring somebody who's done the job before versus, or somebody who's just a naturally curious person? Better experience. So it depends what area we're talking about. Someone's like doing the tech side for okay, us. So let's say, let's say not a, not a hard skill that takes years to master. So something, something we're not going to talk about like, so like, like a, so like an assistant audio engineering, like yes, an assistant. Okay. okay. We're talking about assistant. I prefer someone, um, who is willing to learn because I rather train them how I work than how somebody else works. Okay. That makes sense. Smart. Um, I also want to, uh, I'm trying to think what we covered. So we covered, covered the story of Lux. We covered, um, some podcasting tips and, and building a, and building a good show and mm. what type of content works. We covered uh, some entrepreneurial tips. What were some of the other things that you were working on right now that would be interesting for the audience? I'm just thinking through because I, I, I will not be smart enough to ask you questions about some of the cosmetics, uh, <laughs> some of the, some of the lifestyle stuff. Um, I guess I would, I would ask you, were there any other, any other topics that you wanted to draw out based on building Lux Media or the, I, I call it like the Lux conglomerate, Lux <laughs> Enterprise, Lux conglomerate of companies um, that we didn't go into. It could be uh, some entrepreneurial lessons or any other business mm -hmm. lessons that, that uh, I didn't ask you about. Well, if you want to talk about like what's going on, what to look forward to, I mean, we're still, the, the studio is open. It's been open and, you know, used for business for the last couple of months now. But it is, it's been a labor of love, let me just tell you. So there is nothing in the studio, and it's constant daily changes. I mean, our engineer left for a couple of days and came back, and it's, it's, there's so many different things already. It's constant <laughs> daily changes, just um, always with the studio. So it's it, it got to know it's a lot of work, but it's fun for me, and it's fun for people, the people helping me, um, the team. There is nothing in this studio that my hand did not touch, meaning myself and uh, two of the other employees have moved all the furniture in myself. Uh, everything has, you know, the curtains are, you have really high ceilings. We got, got on this huge ladder and hammering in ourselves. You're doing it yourself. You're sweeping yourself. So if you're not willing to do it yourself, you cannot expect others to do it either. I'm, you know, I'm on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor. Like I'm doing this, like we're doing it. So there is nothing above, I'm not above doing anything for my business. Very smart. That's that's what it takes to make it. That's listen, <laughs> like that's what it takes to that's what it takes to to really really make it. And and you know, I think that some people have a little bit more of an added advantage if they're building out maybe something that's like tech oriented and there's there's the the profit margins are much higher. Like building out a media business is not easy. Mm. Like it's not like you've built a product that's never graced the earth before. It is a media business at its core. So you got to put in the you know to build it from the ground up. That's not an easy thing to do, and I think that you know you're an example of of what passion can deliver if if you really if you really put in the work and the grit and you have that mindset that whatever you're gonna whatever you want to have happen you're gonna figure out a way to get it. Mm. I think that's like what you're living right now is the end result of that over X amount of years. 
because I'm, I'm sure that it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination to build this out. No, I, I, that's not a word that I would use for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, okay. I want to do some rapid fire, like career insight, life lesson questions. Um, sure. But before we pivot, where do people connect with you? What's the best website, social, all that stuff? So we're all over social media, heavily on Instagram. So with me personally, LuxLife underscore CB, Lux, L-U-X-E, Life underscore CB. Then we have Lux Media Studios. I think Lux Media Studio is official, um, Lux Media official, um, Lux Life Cosmetics. I mean, we'll pop up. We're there. We're also on Facebook. Um, those are the only two social media that we're on. I really, I kind of hate Twitter. Um, so I'm not going to be on that. So. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's, it's very negative sometimes. So. I can't, I just can't, I'm not able to do it. Um, of course they can stop by and visit us. We're on Rodeo Drive. You can't miss us. We're in the Rodeo collection. Um, you can call the studio. I mean, we're on Google. You'll find, I mean, you'll definitely find us. Okay, perfect. So Lux Media, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go to Rodeo Drive. I'll take a trip out west. <laughs> we'll come pick you up Stop in the Ro- we'll come pick you up in the Rolls Royce and drop you off here. Listen, I'm down. That sounds like a good <laughs> trip to me. That's nicer than my last trip to LA. So. <laughs> we'll have your snacks ready for you. Good, good. Um, all right, let's do some. Let's do some rapid fire. Sure. Um, okay, so you've had an incredible career. Obviously, built this entire entire brand yourself. So I want to pull out some of these lessons from you. So, um. What was the biggest challenge out of all this, out of everything you've built? What was the biggest challenge? And it could be personal or professional challenge. It doesn't matter. You pick one. And how did you overcome it? I would say the biggest challenge was mindset and getting my mind right in the, I would say in the beginning, but I, that's a daily practice, I'd say, because there's a lot of stuff that goes down. You deal with a lot of things. Everything is definitely not glitz and glamour. Um, and you have to be able to handle things well, not have an emotional response to everything is a huge thing. How do you how do you overcome that though? What's your what's your strategy for not getting stuck in your own head and your own thoughts? Catching thoughts as they're happening and kind of looking at them from the outside in, though it's inside your brain. Um, being responsible for your emotions, I would say you know meditation definitely helps, um, and having that practice daily. I don't do I I don't do it every single day, but I try to do it, um, and having taking moments throughout the day for calmness because it can get quite hectic. Okay, good. Smart. Um, if you had to choose one person, I know there's probably been many, but if you have to choose one person that's been highly impactful, influential, it could be a mentor, it could be a family member, it doesn't matter. Who was that person? What did they teach you? Oh, God, there's so many. <laughs> I know. It's, everyone, everyone, everyone has a million people. I know. You got to pick one. I know. Oh, geez. I would say, you know, she is my mentor. Like we have hung out and I, I'm so grateful for her. Her name's Lynn Tilton. And she's a self-made, um, I believe, don't quote me, I believe she's a self-made multi-billionaire. And there's not mm-hmm. many females like that in the world. She owns over, I, I believe, 800 companies. So she's a powerhouse. I love her. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. Very impressive. Okay. Um, your favorite source to learn or grow could be a podcast, a book, an audible, something that you'd recommend people go check out. Mm. Has to be podcast because um, I don't read yeah. that much. I don't read that much anymore. Um, I'm, I'm more of a podcast person too, to be honest. Totally. I find books are, are too wordy and there's too much, uh, there's too much fluff. Uh, in podcasts, you get to the the root of it hopefully you get to the point of it um 
also reading is very time consuming. Um, True. Podcasts, and I would suggest any podcast on Lux Media. Okay, so na- name one. Well, I guess you can you you're gonna single one out. Is that no? Is that I'm gonna, fair? I actually think <laughs> I actually think all of our podcasts, to be quite honest, and all of our shows. All- what are, what are some of the genres that people? If people are listening to this, what are some of the genres that um, that are under the Lux Media brand, so people know what they do. Man, it's for. all over the place. We have one yeah. couple. We it really is. It's a, it's eclectic. Yeah. I like I like variety. I like interestingness. So we yeah. have one couple that talks about addiction, and be, we have another person that she is running for. She's the first mayor mayor of Inglewood, and she used to be a gang member for several years. Uh, we have another one, like I said, he's a drag queen, but is he talks about Repu- Republican politics. It, it really is all over the place, but it's so fun. Um, because these people live it, they're in it, so they can talk about it. That's really good. Okay, so a wide variety of shows. Go check, go check them out to see which one resonates. You got to. <laughs> okay, um, if you could tell your twenty-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> um, oh my God, there's so much. I think I feel like everyone says this, but it's true. It's like, don't worry. It's already, it's already written for you. Don't worry. Worry less. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I like that. It's already written for you. I like that a lot. Mm. Um, what does success mean to you? Ugh. Uh, doing what you want, when you want, with whom you want, at in your time frame, owning your time, um, helping whoever you want, writing your own ticket for anything. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. 
I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours? That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 